podcasting in my pajamas this is tiebreaker with ria it's all about capturing journeys sharing knowledge and letting you know that struggles are beautiful because growth comes only through efforts and struggles thank you for spending some time with me today now let's begin the transformation you know what was the best decision of my life starting this podcast i just can't believe how lucky i am to interview and connect with great souls alive on this planet their stories the legacies they have created it's just so crazy i'm blessed touchwood our today's guest is an american businesswoman and advocate for the rights of persons with disabilities she is the ceo and founder of run global impact a strategic consulting firm that specializes in disability inclusion and accessibility let's welcome debra ru welcome debra thank you so much for joining us today yes thank you for having me i'm i'm excited about what you're doing um so debra you know, i i yeah i i still remember when i started messaging people out there you know when i was like can you please come on my podcast can you please come on my podcast you were the first woman or the first person who actually messaged me and said that well you know everybody has to start from somewhere you know everybody has to start somewhere and that was like oh that is so sweet of her and i'm like i want to interview you i want to talk to you you know <laughs> and then i read about you i read about what you have done and it is astonishing so oh thank you thank <laughs> you and you know i think we really do have to support each other and you know i like many people have a ridiculous schedule and i but i i think it's so important that we support each other especially as women women really Definitely. have to do a better job of supporting you know women and especially older women supporting younger women i think that's very that's important. absolutely so. correct so uh, you know debra you are a global disability inclusion strategist you know you're a speaker influencer author entrepreneur and a branding expert and and you're 61 years old so what did you gift yourself <laughs> <laughs> you know i um uh, for those of your i for i guess it's a podcast so people can't see that i have gray hair but i also have purple hair and the reason why i have gray and purple hair is because i was thinking about like you said the the work that i've done in my 61 years and for 25 years of my work life i was in um what we call corporate america i was in the banking industry and i i moved up to a vice president level which was great my mom was proud um but i when i became an entrepreneur it was so hard as a woman especially especially a woman in technology and so fast forward to now I, as it, when i turned 60 i i thought you know you're dying your hair like so many other people and the day it seems like the day i was 60 an article came out and it said 60 is the new 50 and i thought No it's not 60s the new 60 50s the new 50 40s the new 40 and i thought <laughs> i've got to be more even more authentic for to support women behind me because we keep saying well you're not really good enough because you're from a developing country which whatever that means especially right now being in the united states and 
you know, you know, we're ripping everything down to start again, it appears. And I just think that we all need to be a little bit more authentic with each other. We need to be more supportive of each other. We need to, you know, um, encourage you, you to go and find your voice and to have your wisdom known because, and even when you were using the term expert, I don't even know what that word means anymore. I mean, the reality (laughs) is who is an expert in a world that, that we don't, most of us don't even recognize or understand, even though it's painful, once again, painful in the U.S. right now. But at the same time, um, there's some really amazing, amazing change happening that needed to happen. Um, and so even though it's, it's painful and hard to watch, and I know it's the same way in India. I know, you know, Definitely. we listen to the news. I, I actually published something this morning about... Um, there's a law taking place that they're trying to enact in India where it's actually going to take rights away from people with disabilities, which you can't have because as it is, there's so much work to do to have true inclusion. And the, and the reason why I was too much work for businesses, well, I have no sympathy. I have no sympathy. I work with large global corporations and I'm just not interested in hearing anymore why you can't do it. And you know, know, when you said disability, I think that this is the most, uh, this word is used. I I don't like this word at all, to be honest. I think a a disabled person is not somebody who's, you know, uh, a disabled person rather is a lazy person or a person who lies or Mm -hmm. a person who's, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't understand why people are uh, using I, I completely don't want to use this word, to be very honest. Uh, you know, we need to give rights. We need to have a quota for disabled people. We need to have, you know, we need to give rights to disabled people. But disability in other, you know, I think disability is something, people who are talking about this shit, that is what disabled means to me, you know? I, I, agree. I think <laughs> I agree. And nobody wants to be part of this community because yes. we see disabilities as a negative. And yes. so really what we need to do and we're working on this, is we need to make sure that people can, people, humans can be engaged. We right now are doing, having some very open fights and the world has has, uh, joined us, thank you, um, with Black Lives Matter. Because why are we seeing uh, police brutality specifically towards darker skinned Americans? Now this is something that's happening all over the world. It's sad. I actually wrote about it in my third book. It, there was a company that did in China that um, that did this face cream that said the reason why this actress was successful was because she used their bleaching cream and she was more light skinned. So that's why she won all of her roles. Now, I imagine the reason why this actress was popular and was because she's a good actress, not because she has lighter skin. And so there is prejudice against people with darker skins. There's prejudice if you, you you know, wrong God or no God at all, or if you're from a different country or from you, or if you're gay or, okay. Or if you're disabled, go on and on and on. Or if you're a woman, because we still have ridiculous pay disparities with between women. It's ridiculous. Uh, a man will be paid a dollar in the U.S. and a and an Caucasian, a white woman like me, we get fifty percent on that dollar. Now, 
Then you take a woman from a different culture, a woman with disabilities, a woman of color, and it, that, that 50 cents goes down, 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 down. What? This is, that is ridiculous. Yes, so you is. have all these intersectionalities of diversity. Exactly. And I agree with what you're saying about, I don't like the word, but also we didn't like the word handicapped, right? And we didn't, and I don't <laughs> know that it's the words so much as the problem, but it's that we as society are deciding some people matter right. more than others. There's quite a few people that don't matter. You know, we talk about the caste system. I've heard Americans say before, well, you know, in India, they have the caste system. And I said, yeah, no, we do too. No, we don't. I said, yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we You do. know darn well, if you are white, you have more privilege, period. Exactly. If you grew up in a developed country like the United States, that we can just print all the money we want, whether or not we have, you know, gold and silver tobacco, that's a whole nother issue. But there, so what do you do with your privilege? Will you open the door behind you and you let others in so their voices can be heard? And I think, it, and so I think you don't like that word because it tries, it tries to make the person less. And, and that is not true. We are humans and there's diversity in humanity. And we find that every time we put a diverse group together, they're more innovative and they're more creative. And so let's stop deciding. And we're, I really believe we're doing that right now. Let's stop deciding certain members don't matter. And so I think you don't like the labels, but at the same time, we almost had to label everybody so we could understand what we were talking about. It was like, okay, you're a woman. All right. And you don't make as much money as a man, even though you do the same thing. But, you know, a man has a family to support. Uh, no, us women have families to support too. Exactly. exactly. So, yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a really meaningful, intense, hard time right now. But maybe we need to go through these times because we need to stop deciding. Um, large segments of our societies don't matter. And I'm sorry for the long answer. No, no, no. It definitely means it definitely makes so much sense. And me being a woman, I can I can relate to that. So yeah, definitely mm -hmm. that makes sense. I, and I see it a lot in India, even yes. though India, I think we can applaud India in a lot of ways because we also see a lot more women in your senior government, which I love. Yeah. But I still believe that women um, all over the world we are discounted and we are told, be quiet. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you're so cute. But you know, no, we're not taken seriously. And then once again, you have women of color, you have women, you know, with disabilities, you're a gay woman, you're, or you have all these different intersectionalities and you are even more so disenfranchised. You know, so the complete world comes in when they first, you know, when they have to degrade somebody. But uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, they start comparing between each other, like men, women. But, you know, it's like, it's not only in India, it's not only in Bangladesh, it's not only in the US. It's mm -hmm. everywhere where women are degraded, where disabled person are, you know, it's like, that's, that's horrible to see. And there is no solution for this. That's the mentality. And to change mm -hmm. the mentality. It takes it's like, too hard. It's, it's too, too hard. hard. Yes. <laughs> no, it isn't. And if we have to sit in quarantine for another two years in our little, I think one of my friends said that Mother Earth was putting us all in timeout. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that is so true. <laughs> and 
it's almost like we've been sent home to think about what we've done, right? Exactly. Because we've disenfranchised billions of people. We've said, you don't matter. You're not worthy. We're not going to educate you. We're not going to include you. We're not going to promote you. It's ridiculous. And I think that we can no longer accept that. And I love the younger generation that's stepping up like you. I don't know that I would have had the nerve when I was your age to, to reach out to leaders and say, hey, I'm going to start my own podcast. Can I have you on? It's like, well, when you have a million followers, get back to me. Definitely. No, no, we, we can't do that to each other. We actually have to be kinder. We have to, we, we have to look at what it means to truly be a human. And I, I've talked about this story I'm about to tell you on air many times, but I just love it. So that's why I always talk about it. And you'll sure. love this story. And I'm sure your audience will love this story. And I hope your audience will really support your work. I know that I will turn up the volume on your work and others will, but Thank you we so need to make sure your voice is heard. Definitely. But um, so there was a small team of programmers at Mattel. And Mattel is the maker of many, many great toys, including Barbie. And uh, Barbie came around when I was a very little girl. Uh, Barbie's, uh, she, I know not long ago, celebrated her 50th uh, birthday. No. (laughs) (laughs) Barbie's been around a long time. But um, they wanted to give one of the Barbies artificial intelligence. Okay, sounds cool. So this uh, group of programmers, artificial intelligence programmers, they taught Barbie, uh, this one Barbie, um, how to answer questions and have a conversation. Uh, you know, so they gave her some artificial intelligence. Um, it's machine learning. It's not even deep learning. But regardless, they were going to teach this Barbie to uh, talk. And so there was a conference and a little girl um, was picked to have a conversation with Barbie about employment. Okay. So the conversation was something like this. And it was, it was a big conference. There were a lot of people there, including a lot of women. And uh, Barbie's on stage and this little girl asked. So they start the conversation and Barbie says to the little girl, so what do you want to be when you grow up? Very typical thing an adult would ask a child. And so the little girl said, I want to be a computer scientist. And Barbie said, have you thought about a career in fashion? Yeah. Oh. And so from your expression <laughs> and your comment, oh, you knew immediately what's wrong with that answer. That's okay. Right. Well, so did all the rest of the women in the audience. And when, and they were furious. And it turned out that Mattel's little group of programmers were all men. Now, what would have happened, Ria, what would have happened if you'd even included one woman and maybe a woman of color, maybe a woman of color with disabilities, maybe a woman of color that came from a different culture? I mean, no diversity, no diversity. So if you don't bring different minds and different people into these conversations, we're going to continue to make maybe unconscious biased decisions. And that is no longer acceptable. It can't be acceptable for any of us. It cannot be acceptable for the young people. It can't be acceptable for people my age, 60 and over. We, we, we can't do this anymore. So bringing us together really improves innovation and creativity. And it also makes people more productive. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with making money, but I do have a problem when it's money at the expense of everything else. I, I believe we should have conscious capitalism not just capitalism conscious capitalism makes sense 
wow that, that was oh it's everywhere <laughs> it's a big story isn't it it's like and I keep repeating it and I got to get some better stuff I've got other stories but no like you know this this give, gives an idea about the mindset because me being an indian for me i used to think that only india has got this sort of you know stuff going on i don't think so us i want to go to us because i think people are more open minded there and when i listen to stories like this i'm like oh wait let me you know let yeah, me try yeah. to handle and the same you, you probably don't want to come to the us right now yeah, not, <laughs> not right, right now, now. <laughs> we, not right now uh, yeah not right now we're right we're now. too busy bringing it down <laughs> so not right now yeah we, we're you know there's you know it's yeah. it's a shame you but know at the same time maybe we had to do it because we kept trying and trying and trying but sadly no in a way it, it's good that it happened because you know there's we a different perspective it. now you guys needed it definitely that's right we needed it we we sort of lost our place and i think we started buying our own marketing. We're number one. We're no Yeah, we are number one in some ways. We're number one in that and by the way, I love I love my country. I love my country, but I'm a global citizen too. And we unfortunately are number one when it comes to our prison system. We incarcerate more Americans than any other countries combined. Okay, we don't want to be number one in that. We seem to be number one in COVID-19 right now. And by the way, yes. we are a beautiful country full of beautiful, amazing people. Maybe not some of our, our political leaders right now, which by the way, <laughs> it's not just US. We have others. Yeah, yeah definitely. We'll say, um, we have other leaders that are not showing leadership for humanity. Leadership for humanity, leadership. including in your country, including, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, people that seem to have seem to think the world is made for the rich and the wealthy. And if you're not that, you're nothing. And um, I just, I just you think know, of us women and a lot of the males are saying, mm, I don't think so. Not my world. For humanity, you just said this, right? This is the most unused word, the most unused sentence I could say. I am a leader. I'm a project manager. I'm, I'm leading my country, but I am not somebody who's leading, you know, who's trying to, help people you know so leadership and humanity this is like i've heard it for the first time after ages <laughs> isn't it isn't it funny to think yes. like the and and i can't remember his name and and maybe i don't want to remember his name but one of the leaders in the philippines that was telling he they were having those mass marriages and he was telling them at the marriage that he was going to sleep with all the wives okay let me tell you if you were a leader and you think it's okay to sleep somebody else, with somebody else's wives or multiple lives, you really are not fit for leadership. We are so sick of this bad behavior. We are so sick of people discounting us. We're tired of it. And if, if some of the males haven't realized, the women, we have found our voices. And we're not going to let up until we, we fix this. This child slavery, this, this um, the uh, pedophiles, the abuse, that you know, hurting people Violence, because yeah. they're the wrong caste. We're, we're just, this is just not who we want to be. We want to evolve as humanity. And we need evolved leaders that are brave enough to do the right things. And right now, there's not enough, there's some examples, but not enough. So not enough. We, um, 
we're fired up. <laughs> yes, it, it's very sad. You know, it, it's very sad that we're having this conversation because, you know, the, the, seeing the situations and everything, it's very, it's very sad, to be honest. And, um, I, um, and I want to ask you a question. Sure. So please. if you don't mind, so no. how old are you? I'm 22. You are 22 years old yes. and you think you can have a global podcast and ha- that your voice will add value to the world, right? Is that yes. what you think at 22? Who told you at 22 that you could do this? I don't you do know. It? You're doing it and you are. And so, yay, I wouldn't have had the nerve to try to do this at 22. So see, that's what's happening. We have young leaders like you that are owning and saying, no, 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 no. I'm not going to put up with this. And that's why, you know, people that are leaders or, you know, we've got to support your voice. I know, because it's like, what does it even mean? I'm older than you. I've had more experience than you, but um, this is a time to hear all the leaders' voice. And that is, that is why I responded. And I, I know, you know, I sometimes my schedule is a little out of my control, but no I'm I'm excited about the youth. I'm excited that you would do this and you would be heard. And and I know that I'm going to take this episode and I'm going to really promote it so people can hear your voice. Thank you. Thank but you, it's, I think that anybody that's listening to this, I hope that you're taking it seriously. What can you do to support Rhea? And what can you do to support all of the other women and young men that are trying to make a difference in the world and really making the world be a better place? Because it's just, it's not right. It's just not right. You know, anymore. you just said that, uh, you know, you guys are the, 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 I might not say older, but yeah, the elder generation and the youth, mm-hmm. you know, don't you think this makes yes. a great blend because we are like yes. the fresh minds and you guys have the experience and yes. if we collaborate together, your experience yes. and our, uh, non, you know, not so corrupted minds, not mm-hmm. so corrupted. <laughs> well, <laughs> because what happens is I, I try not to be corrupted, right? But I am 61 years old and I have seen so much in my lifetime, yes. right? And so every once in a while, I'll get someplace I'll, I'll, and I'll think, oh, well, oh, I never thought about that because I was told when I was young, nobody listened to me. Nobody really listened to me till I was in my forties. And I, I have a round face, which has a tendency to look a little younger. And people are like, stop saying you're 60. It's like, no, I'm not going to stop saying it because I want to celebrate the age I'm at. And, and I'd like to hope I'm an elder, but at the same time, that doesn't mean I have more wisdom than you do. It doesn't. You, I, I might have more life experience than you, but that doesn't mean I know how to solve the problems. Because you might say to me, if you knew how to solve the problems, Deborah, why weren't y'all solving them? Why have you left our earth? Or why is the earth in this mess? So I think the older generations have a lot of explaining to do <laughs> to the younger generations. Makes sense, yeah. so why didn't you we didn't know how to fix it. So tell us how. <laughs> working together right we can working together yes we can definitely we can awesome that's that's so well said now Deborah, before we get into a little more you know uh, more of this topic i wanted to know 
you were into banking industry you had this normal life everything was okay mm-hmm. then what made you switch from that phase to this like i know you have said it in many interviews and stuff but i want my listeners to know it from you and that would be great <laughs> yeah it it was i uh, i loved working for the bank because um they paid me they paid me well and they paid me every two weeks no matter what i did i got paid and it was such a blessing to my family but i started feeling like um i wasn't doing enough i wasn't having enough of an impact and my husband and i have two children they're grown now and my oldest i have i have a daughter and a son and my daughter is the oldest and then my son and my daughter was born with down syndrome and when when she was born um as i was giving right after i'd given birth and you're a little out of it and confused as a woman you know and you just did bring a baby into the world a new human being but this weird and they'd given me morphine for the pain i'm just a, it's not relevant true. no not really this weird little thought came through my mind and it was like oh she looks like a little baby with down syndrome and i immediately thought what that's ridiculous i don't even know what a baby with down syndrome looks like i had never seen that i could think of a baby with down syndrome but i just dismissed it well i remembered that little thought 4 months later when the doctors told us that my daughter had our daughter had down syndrome and i remember I was so upset and I cried and they said, "Oh, you can put her in." Some people put him put these babies in an institution and I thought, "Get away from my baby. You touch my baby. <laughs> You're not taking my baby away from me." Cuz but it was such doom and gloom of what her life was going to be about and I thought, "I don't understand. She has an extra chromosome and she's not going to learn as well." Okay, I get all that, but why why is this such a tragedy? Why do you think she can't add any value to society? I, I didn't understand that part. And so I was working in the banking industry. We moved from Florida um on the east coast of the United States to Virginia um because I got a a good offer with the the bank and um so when in when she reached the middle school which in virginia is um the 6th grade so in the 6th grade she's going into junior high or middle school we call it from elementary school and once again i was told she would add no value to the society she couldn't be in the workforce and it didn't make any sense to me because she was a really pretty cool kid and she had yes yeah, she she learned slower but once she learned it she had it So I didn't totally understand. And so that's when I decided I'm going to become an entrepreneur and I'm going to open up with a lot of thought and prayer and meditation. I'm going to I'm going to open up a technology company and I'm going to employ the majority of my employees are going to be people with disabilities. How hard can it be? Wow. You know, it was really hard. <laughs> It you know really you know you said that uh, there there were many people out there who said that uh, put the baby into this institution or you know or mm-hmm. this ngo or something and many people till today the parents mm-hmm. they have the audacity to literally drop their you know like carry their baby <laughs> and <laughs> leave it in some kind of an ngo and do you think that because of the four months you got that connected with you know that was a time where you kind of got connected with the baby and uh, that is the reason you know you wanted forever or you know if you would have realized the the you know the time she was born 
would it be the same because i have seen many people who have done this you know they're so brutal they just because the baby is disabled just because they're it. not normal yes normal not normal um i i think it was a blessing that i got those extra 4 months because i i was looking at them and i thought I don't know what you're talking about, but I feel very confident. I really wanted a baby. I was talking about Barbies. I always played with Barbies. And ever since I was a little girl, I, you know, now women are like that. Some women don't want babies. Nothing wrong with that. But I happen to be a woman that I really, really, really wanted to be a mother. And I think we should honor women. If you want to be a mother, fine. If you don't, that's... And also men. Men want to be parents. So, But I, I imagine I would have been very confused if they told me right then. Fit? Okay. I would not have. Yeah, I really do. Just because um, I wanted a baby bad. And at that point, I also felt like I knew her because I'd carried her for nine months. And so, um, and the, the, um, also at the time we were moving away from that in the United States because we'd realized how bad we were failing these humans how bad we were failing them. So I know other people made other decisions at the time, but I, like I know one family, for example, um, gave their baby, their little three-year-old baby plastic surgery so the baby wouldn't look like they had Down syndrome. And they showed sure. pictures and this little baby was so much pain because guess what? It's very painful to rearrange your features. And I, I thought my daughter's features were fine. And, and I, I just... It made me so sad because I think it, there's nothing wrong with my daughter. There's something wrong with society. Exactly. Exactly. It's not my daughter. And by the way, my daughter is disabled. My Society disabled her. This is society's fault. This is not my daughter's fault. And by the way, as you're, you're going for your that perfect child, well, sometimes perfect children, 80%, of you know the community of people with disabilities, which is over a billion people, acquire their disabilities after birth. They ch children sometimes get really bad ear infections. They get diseases. They they get in car accidents. They get in all kind of accidents. They fall out of trees and lose legs. They but they're humans. And in, and instead of saying oh you're broken because we should be looking at it and saying oh well you know what. For example, when my husband was 11 years old, he was hit by a car. Horrible, horrible situation. And my husband, he, he was, he was flying, and I've talked about this on my show, and he was flying a kite, just got it going really well. I think a lot of us can identify with the wind getting the kite, and he ran in front of a car. And the car hit him, threw him 750 feet, crushed his hip, killed him, killed him on the spot. Um, his eye fell out, um, very bad traumatic brain injury, but they brought him back. He was in a coma for a week and a half, and then he didn't go back to school for months and months and months. But he, he grew up, he survived it, he got married, had two children, had a career. But unfortunately, sadly, as he aged, as he got into his 60s, um, he acquired early onset dementia because his brain really did get severely damaged. Now, your brain can rewire and it can figure out how to do things differently. But unfortunately, he had such a severe traumatic brain injury that it is now impacting him in his, in his a older life. He's 68 now. And, and he, um, who, what's interesting about him, besides it being very sad, I'm not saying it's, it's a very sad situation, but 
who my husband is, the man that he is, the the kind man, the humorous man, the so many aspects of him, he's still there. But my husband now he can't really feed himself. You know, he has, he has to have supports with everything now. It's a very severe, uh, you know, journey. Mm-hmm. And it's been hard and I've been sad and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I'm learning so much about, once again, what does it mean to be human? What does it really mean to be human? Because he's still there and he's amazing. But I just now, ha- it's just, he has to get different supports. And so, yeah, we as humans have to help each other sometimes, you know? So but, what said. And you still yeah, like so what? I do. I do. He's still, he, he's not in pain and he's got a easygoing personality and he, he balances my intensity. Uh, I'm a little, <laughs> you know, ADHD, but I don't think of ADHD as a bad thing. I think of it actually as, I have the energy to try to change the world and maybe we get this, maybe we're labeling all this. You're bad. You're broken because you have autism. You're broken because this, you're broke. When it actually, maybe these are our super, super, superhero yes. strengths. Yes, definitely. Because um, you think differently. So maybe there's value to, duh, society because you think differently. Makes sense. And you know, how have you managed to have an inclusive nature in your surrounding for two different age groups? You know, like, yeah, yeah, that's a little difficult. So how have you managed and um, how did you make sure that your daughter or your husband is not affected by the society out there, by the people out there who are trying to pull them every second of their life because I think that's what society does they don't have their own you know that's what they do so I know (laughs) you're right well it's very well said you know I technology has been a great support to this it hasn't only been technology it's it's also communities and things like that a community is very important in that these times especially during a time of pandemic and I think India has done a good really focusing on your communities for a long time. I, I was on a, a webinar with um, People Hum in India, and it has to be a really profound question. And, and luckily, they gave me the question beforehand because this was one I really needed to think about. But they were talking about um, the individuals. You know, we're all about the individual rights in the states, in the Western, right? And it, it sometimes appears that the other, the Eastern are more about community, Okay, so how do you pull those together? Because we also are individuals and we need to celebrate our individuality. But at this community, we're all in this together. And so I think there's a lot that the Western evolve, yeah, the Western worlds need to learn from the Eastern worlds, the spiritualism of the Eastern worlds. And I follow so many of your gurus and I've learned wow. so much. Oh, I, I, I love, and there was this one guru that I'm going to forget his name, but he was at the very lowest cast. And um, there was a, a series, they did a series on him. And it was so fascinating to me as an American to watch. This was, he, he grew up, I think in the, he, he's um, around my age. I think he's in his sixties. And um, the persecution that his family received just because they were born in this caste system is it, 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 I thought once again, maybe that's more at the time. This was, you know, in the fifties, but still, we we might not say we have this stuff, but we do. 
we prioritize people. You are not as good because you don't have money, you don't have this, your skin's too dark, you're a woman, you're a person with a disability, you're gay, what? Whatever. This is so ridiculous. We're a diverse species. We're, we're a lovely, we can be a lovely, amazing species if when we stop, you know, torturing each other, torturing the animals, torturing the planet. You know, how interesting that when Mother Earth sent us fleeing to homes that we didn't get COVID-19, that India could see the Himalayan mountains for the first time in 40 years. Definitely. That the smog over China reduced, that the rivers are running clean in the United States. I mean, that we can see the sky in the lo- in Los Angeles now. Mm-hmm. So, yes. so, and we, we are so could. pessimistic that we don't see all of that. You know, it's just yeah. the bad side. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's just it, it's like huge problems and also huge beauty. Exactly. And so now we're. I believe that we're evolving. I believe we're evolving. Do you really believe on this quote that says what goes around comes around? People who are brute, you know, people who are accusing the disabled ones, people who are uh, trying to, you know, who have got this gender discrimination and everything. Yeah, take advantage and everything. Do you really believe that they're going to get there? You know, they're going to get back. Well, yeah. Once again, I follow a lot of um, the Indian gurus. That is what made me ask this question. (laughs) I do. I believe it. I believe in the meditation. I believe in yoga. I believe in the, I I like the way y'all do your medicine better than just take pill in the, you know, in the Western countries. Uh, But I really do believe in karma. We don't always see it. And maybe it's not for us to see. Sometimes you do see it though. It's very interesting. I, this is a silly story, but I remember one time I was driving from D.C. Um, back to Richmond, Virginia, where I live outside Richmond, Virginia. And there was a driver that was being so aggressive. And he, and he was a man and he was being so aggressive. And he was cutting in and, and um, tailgating and just driving very aggressively. And he came up behind me and was being aggressive. And I thought, yeah, I'm not playing. And I just moved out of his way because I'm not playing. I, this is a car. I'm not going to use it as a weapon. And, um, and then about 30 minutes later, traffic stopped. And it's like, great. So this like, we have five lanes of traffic stopped dead. So we're creeping, 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 creeping. And finally got up and there was that car turned upside down. And I was like, well, of course Ooh, your car sure. is upside down. Yeah. I'm sure that uh, tons of people were going, oh, of course. Because we saw how erratically he was driving. Normally, you don't always see karma so quick, but... Yeah, that uh, was super quick. (laughs) Maybe in the US, connections are near, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, so... I really do believe it. And I, um, I also believe in reincarnation and past lives. But what I don't believe is that you are punished by coming into this life with a disability. That's a punishment from the last life. I don't believe that. I believe our souls decide to come and have different experiences. And experiencing the life of, say, an Indian with a disability, it's going to be a much different life than, say, you know, another life. And so I think our souls want to experience life and we want to experience what it means to have these different experiences. That's how we grow as creators. And so, you know, 
I th that probably is closer to the Buddhist teachings, but I, I love those teachings. But I also love the teachings. I, I was grown. I was um, raised as a Christian, and I, I love. I love the teachings of Jesus, but there's a lot of things that I do not agree with in the Christian doctrine and the way Christians actually treat each other too. Um, but you know what it is, it's people. Once again, you got that people component going in there. So I don't buy all the doctrine. Um, I think the doctrine was created by, you know, men um, and almost all men, but <laughs> very few women since we don't listen to women, but I, I do believe that we are souls having a physical experience and that we're supposed to be here. I believe, you know, to make the world a better place. I, I mean, but that's what I think. You don't have to do that, but if we're here, I mean, can't we try to improve other people's lives and our own at the same time? It seems to make sense to me to do that. Makes sense. Awesome. You know, uh, you just said that of, uh, we are not supposed to judge anybody because of the disability or because of whatever is going on in others' life. Now, um, don't you think that the the emotional bond or the emotional connect you have with your daughter is like like completely different? And if you know you would not have it otherwise, if if your daughter was like super normal, so do do you have that connection or something? And I also have noticed many you know many a times that the people who are not so capable, you know, not so the disabled ones, they've got a di different, beautiful bond with their mm -hmm. parents, you know, they've got this, and that is not the same with the normal human beings, you know, so do you agree right. with that? And it's a great question because um, I do have a really, you know, I, I like to think I have a really sweet bond with my daughter and my son. And of course, because they're two different people, it, it's very different. But what happened was my daughter, she, she, I, I've always, because of her, been inspired to do disability inclusion work and work with these, I work with these really gigantic national companies, global companies and the UN and stuff. And, but she said, you know, I wanted to be an adult. And she even said to me one time, mom, I'm normal. I fell on my turf. It was like, I think normal is overrated. Uh, who wants to be normal? I want to be different. I want to be, but wow. uh, so I thought, yeah, I thought that was interesting, but she, she loves me, but she really wanted to be on her own. She wanted to be her own woman. She did, you know, and I, I for a long time, has sort of denied that as it's like, oh no, she, but she won't be safe. And you know, the things we worry about as parents, but by the way, we worry about those things, whether you have, child with disability or not you know we worry about our children but sometimes I think the best thing we can do as parents of um, children with disabilities is get out of their way and so what I did was I just let it unfold now it, it took longer than she liked because my daughter got sick in 2018 she has a very rare blood clot disorder and it was really bad. It got really bad. And we were in and out of the hospital and surgery. Um, it was very frightening. Um, very frightening. But uh, I remember we were in the hospital and we, we thought we were leaving the next day and the surgeon woke Sarah and I up because I wouldn't, I wasn't leaving her in the hospital alone. I don't care that she's 30. <laughs> she was at the time 31. I don't care. I'm going but she, um, he woke us up at midnight because they took a look at the scan they'd done of her intestines and they were like, she needs emergency surgery. 
but um, she wasn't going to, they didn't think she'd survive it. So I remember that conversation and I'll try not to lose it. But, um, you know, so we have challenges, but who doesn't, right? Everybody has challenges, but she wanted to be her own woman. And so she is so happy. And during this pandemic, she has been sheltering in her apartment, not with us. And we did get to see her some, I know. And she's so brave and I'm so proud of her, but she deserves to have a soul experience too. Now, so that is one thing we're we're figuring out in the United States. There's so much that we have done right in the U.S., even though right now it seems like everybody, you know, including us, can only see what we've done wrong, which is a lot. We've done a lot, and right now we're we're printing money to give to Americans to help them out. But the problem is, as we do that with nothing really behind it, we accidentally hurt the other countries. So there are things, there are decisions that are being made in the U.S. right now that hurt the rest of the world, and that is not good. But I'm hoping, once again, I always use the the hashtag global citizen because first I'm, a, first I'm part of the human species, and I'm very proud to be an earthling, to live on this earth, and you are my sister, <laughs> and we've got to support each other. Definitely. We've got to support each other. I really support the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which says we all deserve to be able to eat and not live in poverty. And we all, we, we should be good stewards of the earth and all those things. But back to my daughter, we do have a special bond. I can feel her and I can, and I've actually tried to back off. Gosh, that's hard to do as a parent, but I've tried to back off quite a bit because um, I have a big personality and my daughter has a big personality, but she needed me to back off and let her decide how she was going to live her life. It was very hard for me. <laughs> I know what it's hard for us parents. We want to protect, but sometimes as we're protecting, we actually take away our children's um, ability to really live the life they want to live and have the experiences they want to have. And um, so, you know, sometimes it's hard for you us know, parents. Um, but you know, having having this, you know, how are you so strong to be, you know, I, I need it. It is such a, you have, you know, you have done really a lot. You have got, you know, you have to take care of it. Everybody take care of your uh, husband, your son, your daughter, everybody. Still, you're thinking about the society. I don't think, and I'm very sure that there are, there's no men out there who's going to do that. You know, they are so oriented to their, they're like out of thousand, there's going to be just one guy who might think about society. And we being women who are always accused, we are the ones who are thinking about the society. And have always been like that. And and you know what's so cool? (laughs) You know what's so cool about that is there has also been some really powerful women's movements, including the Me Too movement, which, by the way, would not have really had impact if we didn't have Trump. Okay? It took us getting Trump because when we, not me, not me, (laughs) when some Americans voted him in office, Despite what he said about people with disabilities, about women, shall we say, grab them by the, okay, I won't do that. But we were so mad. Women got so mad that we thought, no, we're not going to take this anymore. So sometimes it takes somebody doing some really bad things for us all to wake up. Just like with what we're dealing with right now with Black Lives Matter, we're dealing with the Epstein stuff and that child pornography and preying on young girls. 
we are not. I am so sick of women being treated like we don't matter. I am so tired of that. And we got to get really, we got to get really pissed off about this. And us women say, uh-uh, what happens to you happens to me. And by the way, wow. women are not the only victims. Men are victimized too. Yes. But I'm tired of greedy men at the top, rich men, a lot of them white. I'm tired of the way you're acting. So, and we're not going to put up with this anymore. We're not going to let you do this anymore. We're taking back our world. And the world isn't going to work if we're not all working together. And we don't value what it means to be humans. What does it mean to truly be human? Just because I lose the use of my eyes, it doesn't mean I can't add value. Just because I was born deaf or I have cochlear implants or go on and on and on. I got polio and I lost my legs. It doesn't mean I can't add value if society, if you'll get out of my way and let me show you. And, and let, me, let me give you a story that I just think is a great story. And it's in Bangladesh. So it's not Indian, but it's, you know, it, you know, Bangladesh struggles, you know, struggle, struggles that it's considered a developing country. And Cisco, the brand Cisco, hired a group of individuals in Bangladesh that were blind. And they taught, they got Cisco certified and everything. And they were on the, um, the, the support lines. So teaching, um, so if you have a problem with your very complicated technology, you would call this help desk and they would help. Well, they were surprised by multiple things. First of all, they were surprised that these employees were as productive, if not more productive, than their peers weren't, that didn't have disability. That's interesting. They also were surprised at how much more the customers liked them because they found that these individuals were more empathetic to the customers. Definitely. And if I'm coming to you with a technology problem and you're treating me like I'm stupid because I don't know how to do what you know, which happens all the time. They found that these individuals were more empathetic. So the customers liked them better. They took a lot of pride in their work and they were more productive. Hmm. That sounds like the kind of employees that I want to hire. And then there's, there's other many, many great stories, but this is not about charity. This is not, oh, please help the people with disabilities. No, get out of our way. Give us an opportunity. Let us become educated. Let us be entrepreneurs. Let us be business owners. Let us be um, participate. But instead, society's like, oh, you're broken. So I don't have any place for you. I'm not going to help you. I'm going to pity you. I'm going to feel better about myself because I'm, I'm better than you. If that's how you gauge who you are, which I think is a problem. But there's, I just think that we're not women. We're not going to let this happen anymore. I remember after we voted for, once again, had nothing to do with this, how some Americans voted for him. Um, I happened to just coincidentally have some international trips because before the pandemic, I was traveling a lot. Haven't been to your beautiful country yet, but I've got to go to India. It's calling have, to me. Yeah, I have to meet you. I really have yes. to meet you. <laughs> and, and they say all the time that once you go to India, you're, you're never the same because of the sights and the sounds and the smells and the beauty of India and the spirituality of India. Really, you know, we've forgotten our spirituality in the U.S. We're working on it now. But, um, but it, so, and I'll start talking and I'll lose my train of thought. But the, no problem. And I did. And then that, and I can blame it on being sexy, but it's more about too many things floating around in my head. But it just really is 
The beauty of diversity, if we look at nature, nature is very diverse. It's very diverse. And, you know, some people say, yeah, but nature kills out the wounded. No, it doesn't. It doesn't always do that. And, you know, it's not all about, you know, the fittest, the survival of the fittest. It's not ridiculous because we all come from different perspectives and there's value in solving the, some of our greatest problems. I remember when we had the oil spill in, um, in, in around Louisiana a few years ago. It was horrible. We were pumping gallons and gallons of hundreds of thousands of gallons into our oceans. You know, how can that be terrible? Oh, it was horrible. And I remember thinking, please, will somebody find somebody with autism to solve this problem? Because the people that created the problem are not going to be the best people to solve the problem. And so let's get some people that are going to think about these situations in a different way to solve the problems. And Greta Thunberg, who is, you know, the, you know, we all know her from um, climate action and the climate strike. Well, Greta's, Greta's got autism and she's very proud of her autism. And so I, I hope the younger generation, and it appears to be this way, I can't really speak to the younger generation in India, but, um, I see around the world, the younger generation is saying, oh, I'm not buying it. I don't accept it. I'm very proud of who I am. And I know they're taking back some words in the United States, especially like queer, crip, cripple. And they're saying, I'm, I'm gay. I'm cripple. I'm, you know, and they're really taking those negative labels and taking them back and saying, no, and you're not going to discount me because I have something to say. And we're doing a good, that's one way we are doing a good job in the U.S. We are listening to what each other is saying. You know, we, sometimes we don't, but I mean, we're starting to see the younger generation really step up and say, well, it's been going on for years and say, no, I don't buy it. And I don't see the differences and we're stronger together. And I know that was, I just thought, come back. But when I when I went to these, I, I went to Costa Rica. I had an event with UNESCO, and I went and spoke in Costa Rica. And when I got to Costa Rica, some of the men were laughing at what we had just done in the U.S. And I get it. I get it. I guess it was funny. I didn't think it was funny. There was a lot of tears I shed. But the women, especially the young girls, they were saying to me, what have y'all done? What have y'all on. Like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I went online. I went on my social media. I did everything I could. But, you know, both parties were wrong. We, we anyway, we can talk about U.S. politics. But um, so the women were mad. And then I went um, a week later, I went to on a trip to Norway. And I went through Iceland, the airport in Iceland, and then I jumped over to Norway. And on the way back, I give my American passport, which isn't very popular these days. And the woman behind the counter from Iceland's like, what did you Americans do? And I said, I didn't do it. She said, yeah, so far, every American coming through here is saying they didn't vote for him. And I said, yeah, and it's probably true. And she said, well, why do you say that? And I said, because um, only 30% of Americans own passports. That's not good. And that's up from 17% when we, we created a new regulation that you can't to Mexico or Canada without a passport or go on a cruise. And before the coronavirus, oh, Americans, especially older Americans, love to cruise. And so still only 30%. So most Americans that travel abroad they understand 
the world doesn't revolve around the U.S. So you almost always see people that travel more be not across the board, but it's just a more it's a little bit more enlightened. We understand it's not just about us. There's a whole world out there, and so. But it was interesting watching the reaction of the men and the women. The men thought it was funny. I didn't think it was funny. The women were mad. We're still a little mad, and we're taking back. We're taking back our country. We're taking back our country. We're in the middle of it, and it's messy, but we're taking back our country. We're not going to have him doing this anymore. And all the people that got in line behind him and, and joined him, we're not going to forget that. And the Epsteins of the world that think young girls don't matter, we're just there to be preyed on. Yeah, we're not going to put up with this anymore. The sex slaves, the sex trafficking, the pedophiles, be put on notice. We're, we're not doing it, and we're tired of society um, also deciding that certain parts of this don't matter because we're not going to do that anymore either. And the United Nations is responding. They want young leaders like you speaking up. And so we need to really support, support your work. You know, I, I love, I started loving you. You're so honest. You're so strong, so upfront. <laughs> you speak what you have in your mind and people don't these days. They're so, you know, they're so cheesy outside. Oh, you're looking so nice. Oh, you're so good. And when you turn back, Oh, thank God that bitch is gone. You know, that is how it is, mm-hmm. you know, at the moment. Yep. But having this, having this uncorrupted mind or, you know, like better from others, being so real, being, trying to speak your heart out, doing what you want to do and caring about the society. We can't teach this, these skills. Can you, can you imagine teaching something how to care about people? Can you imagine teaching something? How, how are you going to teach? These are the like most... What if you could? What if you really could introduce this into the schools? Now, I don't know if y'all do that in India. I know we don't do it in the US. We don't teach wow. us about these things. We don't. We don't do a good job, I'll tell you this for sure, yes. teaching even geography. It's ridiculous. Yes. And so... We, we don't teach how to solve problems. How do I teach me as a human, teach me how to be a human? How do I work through problems in my head? What happens if I get depressed? What happens if my mom is depressed? How do I, why are we not teaching people how to be humans? You just have to exactly. trip across it and hope for the best. It's ridiculous. Makes sense. And, and we'll teach you the alphabet. We'll teach you math. Those things are no good to us if we don't know how to be responsible human beings. We, we might get one course through our entire, you know, 12 years of school, but it's ridiculous. And then college, but I don't understand why we don't teach people. And once again, maybe y'all do. I'm, maybe, I'm sure some cultures do, but we don't. We don't do it. In, I, I, it's not done in the Western world. And I don't understand because don't you think teaching somebody how to really be human it is so much more important because you can't have empathy. You look at another person and you decide because they're from a, maybe a poorer country than yours, or they're in a, a crisis situation, they're a refugee, that they don't matter. I, I don't even understand that. Because what if that one person is the, is the key to behind you know, solving the COVID-19 crisis? They're the one that could find the exactly. pandemic. I mean, the... the um, the vaccination or the cure or, or cancer or, but it seems like the younger generation understands that. And I think it's because, and this is not going to be popular with my peers, but I think 
it's because the younger people are a little bit more evolved. I think every generation we get more evolved. Definitely. And that doesn't mean we I don't agree. have people evolved in my generation, but I see a lot more younger people being more evolved and, under- and, and believing what I believe. You know, but don't you think that we inherit some skills, some uh, mindsets from our parents. Like yes. if, if they yes. think that, you know, stay away from the black, you know, don't, don't mm-hmm. hire girls, don't hire women. And yes, we don't want to, but indirectly that affects us because from, from the, yes. you know, from the day we are born, we are seeing that, looking at that and we start believing that. So mm-hmm. how are yeah, totally teachers, agree. you know, teachers, like we go like four hours a day to the school or something. How are we going to, you know, unlearn and that? And if you do, if the teachers do, they'll get in trouble. But I'll say this. Yes, I grew up up in the south of the United States in the East Coast. And um, if if y'all, maybe not everybody knows our history, but we fought the Civil War in the United States over slavery. Okay. And the south were the ones that wanted to keep the slaves because actually the African-Americans, you know, the black Americans are the ones that built our country after, you know, we stole it from, you know, the indigenous people that were already here, by the way, it wasn't free land. There actually were people living here. And I have some ancestry of American Indian Cherokee, very tiny bit, but I'm proud of it. And so, but I was brought up in a racist household. I was. My grandparents, my family, we were racist. And we were racist against two types of people. And um, I just remember it really well. We were racist against um, Yankees. And Yankees, would, how we interpret that um, is because some people call all Americans Yankees, you know, in, in, the, um, in the UK, they'll call us Yankees. But the Yankees for Southern Americans were the people that were fighting the civil war. So they were New York and there were those country, those um, states. And so my family was very bitter about the civil war, even though it happened like 200 years ago. And so I remember as, and then also the African Americans, we weren't as prejudiced against them, but they were different. They were different. And then there were the Yankees, which we hated the Yankees, which I wound up marrying a Yankee, you know, which is so stupid. But I remember as a child, I I told my grandfather, anyway, I remember as a child not understanding why we didn't like them. So I was being told, I was being taught it, but I remember as a kid, I never understood why, even though they told me. It never made sense to me. So I think there are certain certain of us that are like, we never buy it. Even though we love our parents and they're telling us this, you don't really buy it. And so then, I don't know, I can only speak for myself, but I didn't understand it. And I never, ever, ever bought into it. So, um, and yes, they're my parents and the leaders and you want to respect them and everything else, but... I think there's more of that, of some of us just saying, well, that really doesn't, I'm not going to say that to my parents because they'd get mad at me, but it doesn't really, why are we doing it? So um, I think we have to listen to our souls more so than makes sense. Because somebody older than you doesn't mean they're smarter than you or that they know more than you do. They might have a whole bunch of more information that's jaded and confusing, but that still doesn't mean they know more than you do. And it's like you said, how nice to bring the older generation with the younger generation so I can tell you why we got here. 
And then you can help us figure out how to get out of here because it's not a good place where we are, right? Doesn't seem like it is. Correct. Makes sense. All right. So, you know, there's a a few questions about the business and about how we can hire disabled people. I don't know why I keep saying this word because can you give me a replacement? What else can we use? And just not disabled. I don't know. I just don't want to use this word. (laughs) No. You don't want to use it, I believe, because your soul says it's wrong. Your soul says, once again, why am I using this label to define somebody that I'm supposed to think is less than me, which doesn't make sense. But I will also say that we fought this words a lot. As a matter of fact, that U.S. is fighting about words a lot. You know, we don't like, I agree with the word retarded, because that word has been used so inappropriately for so long. There's other words that we don't like, but I think it's important for the community to decide what words they want to use. And so one thing I always say to the corporations we work with is, don't you, which some of them did anyway, don't you come up with your own language. It's not your language to pick. It's the community of people with disabilities that they get to decide what they want to be called. And I think it's less about, and I'm taking liberties here, but I wonder if it's less about the word that bothers you and it's all the garbage behind the word that bothers you. Because I can come up with a new word, but if we still have all that garbage in that you're less than, your life doesn't matter, you add no value to, if all that crap is still there, doesn't really matter what the word is, you know, because we've tried DIS and little letters and ability and big words, but it's that society has decided you're broken. You're broken. And society's decided because your skin's saying much, much darker than mine, that you're, you're not as worthy. Why in that? Because we're women and we're not men, that we're less than. So I think it's, it's almost like we, as humans, we had to have the words and the labels so that we could understand how diverse we are. And now it's time to put everybody back together as whole human beings, which some human beings are darker skin, some have curly hair, some have straight hair, some have bigger lips, but you know, we're all different. And there's such beauty in that some of us can't see, some of us can't hear, some of us can't use one arm or two arms or both arms or But it still doesn't mean, some of us have intellectual disabilities, like my husband and my daughter, but it doesn't mean they don't add value. Do you think the universe, the intelligent universe did this, made mistakes? It doesn't. And then you had, you know, the Nazis and the, the, the white supremacists and all that garbage we have in the U.S. that are saying, you don't matter because... And it just is not logical. It's not logical. I don't believe whatever you want to call it. And God, the infinite intelligence, Mother Earth, Mother Nature, I don't believe that people are mistakes. I think that we sometimes are afraid. We're afraid of differences. We're afraid of people different from us. And so we try to make ourselves feel better by making others less. And by the way, you, it doesn't work, by the way. It, it, it doesn't work. But if we help each other, if we help each other. If we, one thing I've been real deliberate about doing, and I was, I was at an, um, a UN event this last, well, next to the last one I went on before the pandemic. But, and I was speaking in Geneva, and I said, you know, I think a problem that we still see, when we're even talking about from the lens of disability inclusion, is that, 
everybody up on stage, they might not look like me, they might not have purple hair, right? But the reality is, it's all white people over a certain age. And so I think it's time for us to give the microphone to you and give the microphone to everybody else and make sure that, because sometimes it's not that I can't add value to the conversation, but sometimes you need to let others have a conversation. And then I'm here to support, I'm here to ask, answer any questions, but how do I make sure that your voice is heard? Because we're not going to change the world if we're always only listening to a certain small segment of society. And so I've been challenging the UN to rethink that. And I don't have to challenge them. They really are trying, but it still does see, seem very, we do seem to do this a lot. Makes sense. All right. So, you know, um, as I said, a few questions about, you know, how a person can hire a disabled person, you know, a disabled human being. Uh, let's say if me, if I want to hire a disabled person, how do I recognize the talent? How do I understand that the person is capable of doing something and, you know, it will need. So how do I, so in short, how do I hire a disabled person? What is the procedure or what is, you know, how do I, just how? <laughs> it's a great question. It's a great question. And I actually, I actually had a group of employers ask me that question one time when I asked them to speak on a panel and they, they got really scared and they're like, Oh, Deborah, what if they ask us questions we don't know? And I said, okay, well, let me reframe the question. I said, how do you hire somebody without a disability? And they're like, what do you mean? Well, well, that's how you hire a person with a disability because people wow. with disabilities are people. And it is true though. Now, maybe I hire a person with a disability and I might need to accommodate them. Okay, maybe they're a person that's blind and they might use a screen reader. To, so you should accommodate them. But by the way, you accommodate people without disability every day if you want to keep them. Because I had an, an employee, he was a great employee. He was so smart, so much great intellectual data. And he wanted to coach um, his daughter's um, soccer team at three o'clock on a Tuesday, which is usually business hours. So he's like, hey, I'm going to start. If, if it's okay, I want to take Tuesdays off at three o'clock every week. And I knew what a good worker he was. And I said, of course, of course, I want you to support your daughter like that. And so I think a mistake we continue to make is that we think it's different to hire people with disabilities than it is anybody else. And by the way, you've already hired a lot of people with disabilities, but they probably haven't disclosed because over 80% of disabilities are invisible. So you already have people with disabilities working for you. And what's interesting during this pandemic is as in the U.S., just looking from my, this lens for a second, when we send everybody home to start working, all of a sudden, all this work we've been telling you to do to make sure things are accessible to people with disabilities, oh, and everybody else. And so a lot more Americans are now identifying and disclosing that they have disabilities than ever before. And the corporations are freaking out. Well, why are you freaking out? Because if you had your good processes in place, it's, you know, business as usual. And I also would challenge these employers. They would hire people with disabilities in the United States and the United Kingdom, but they wouldn't hire people with disabilities in their other, their other offices, like in their Indian offices or the Chinese offices or, or their Latin American offices. And I said, you know, I just want you to know that we, under, we notice that you're only hiring people with disabilities in the U.S. or the U.K., 
And I know you're doing it in the U.S. because we're going to sue you if you don't. And I'm very proud that we'll sue them. And we will sue you. And we'll sue you over and over and over again. You don't just get sued once. But for the countries that don't have those things, and I'm not suggesting everybody sue, but it says to me, you are only doing this because of the risk to your brand. You don't really care about including people with disabilities. That was my next question. That was well, my next question. <laughs> like, no, we do, Deborah. We do. Oh, really? Well, then tell me why you're not hiring people with disabilities in India. And tell me why you're not hiring people with disabilities, right? And so I've said that a lot and they're starting to say, okay. So it's like you have a geo footprint of this, this much, but you're only doing it in the country where you're going to get in the most trouble. Well, that seems to me that you don't really, you're not really committed to including us, right? And so I, I think that, and now it's interesting to watch what the corporations are doing doing during this pandemic. You know, money's you not know, flowing yeah. in the normal ways. Correct. You know, I just have a question here. Um, you know, we kind of uh, try to spread this awareness. We try to kind of, you know, ask people to hire disabled people, you know, hire, hire, hire. If you're trying to spread this awareness to an extent where companies are having this factor of looking good. I want to look good. And that is why I'm going to hire a disabled person. Now in that corporate social responsibility, corporate social responsibility. Exactly. In that case, what if they hire a disabled person and they do not respect the person, they do not, you know, take care of the person as, you know, they take Mm -hmm. care of others. How is, you know, how are we going to teach them that? I know. Well, what we've, I think the best way to do it that I, first of all, I went and I had to, because that's the way the world was working. I tried to catch these corporations doing things right. And let me tell you, it was an effort. Okay. But I did find some. And so then we would celebrate their successes, hoping, and, and this worked a little bit, hoping that their peers, it was peer pressure. Right. But then you notice the pandemic happened and, and certain corporations pulled back and including people with disabilities. And we're like, okay, cool. Good to know you're just a big poser. You're not really interested in our community. And so we started talking about that on air and they're they're sort of scared of us and they should be. If you are doing the wrong thing, we're we're going to we're going to talk about it. We're going to we're going to make sure that people know. And so you're still in the place and there's, you're still, we're all in this together. So nobody has an advantage over anybody else in that we still are having to label people and say, you have to include women. You have to pay women the same as men. I still have to say that. Do I really still have to say that? You still got to say that. Um, you have to include and protect people that, uh, that are LGBT. You know, you have to protect people with disabilities, um, LGBT, lesbian, always, always have to think about the initials, but, you know, gay, homosexual people. And I don't understand why somebody that loves somebody else is bad. I never have understood that. Why is that bad? Oh, because our traditions say, yeah, okay, well, maybe we need to rethink our traditions. Because, but anyway, it, but it's, there are so much good, good content about the including people with disabilities that are making a difference. And there's a there's this one program right now that I've really gotten behind, which is called The Valuable 500 with Dr. Caroline Casey, who I adore. I, 
I really love this woman. And she's from Ireland and uh, she's a global citizen. She also is a woman with very severe vision problems and she's legally blind. And she created the Valuable 500, which are um, 500 multinational corporations. Well, they're multinational and national corporations all over the world that are committing to including people with disabilities in their workforce as customers. It's really amazing. It's really amazing. Um, And so I think programs like that help. Um, And there are other awareness programs and stuff, but right now we still are, there's so many people that don't understand and have decided because society's told them this, that people with disabilities don't add value to the workforce when we know that's not true. So I'm an author of three books and my last book was Inclusion Branding where I talked about this and I talked about society's need to um, believe that corporations are good. And um, the corporations want the best talent. And the best talent needs to say, if you're not an inclusive employer, and I don't see you employing people with disabilities and people of color and treating women, you know, in the right way, I'm not going to work for you. I'm going to walk out on you, which we saw that happen, you know, I think Google's done some amazing things, but we saw 1,500 people walk out on Google because they didn't like the way they responded when a woman said she'd been sexually abused and they just, you know, they, they just didn't do anything about it. So the employees have said, no, if you're not a good company, I'm not going to work for you. And the best talent that everybody's fighting for, they have so much power. And they need to be saying, we're people with disabilities. And let's see, people with physical disabilities too. I don't want you, you know, only hiring somebody that's dyslexic, which dyslexic can be really tough, but somebody with ADHD, that's great. But let's see people with wheelchairs. You know, I know, but our bathrooms aren't accessible. Then make your bathrooms accessible. Well, did, did, uh, hiring people that are deaf, you know, yeah, but then we got, uh, I don't even want to hear. You know, uh, you you know, know what? do you think the, f- uh, do you think uh, uh, creating this fear is a solution? Because, I can't push you. I can't force you to drink water. Like I can, I can put it in your mouth, but you have to gulp it. So how is Mm -hmm. that happening? Like companies, we go, we talk to them, we request them to hire. We are going to sue them if they're going to do something bad, but this is all because of an external force. What's something, you know, what people can do so that they get this own into their head that no, I cannot treat somebody differently. I cannot treat somebody, you know, like they're coming from out, you know, they're coming out of the world, coming from out of the world or something. How is that going to happen? They're not qualified. Well, I think the way you do it is you talk about the success stories, like the one I mentioned with Cisco. There was another, and I have tons and tons and tons, as do others too. Um, And the Valuable 500, I mean, that's what they're doing. They're just creating story after story after story. But the reality is that if I am a person with a disability, society does not make things very accessible to me. So I actually wind up becoming a really good problem solver because I have no choice. I have no choice. So if you want creative, innovative problem solvers that are going to be loyal to you and they're going to work for you and they're going to be so proud, you need to hire people with disabilities because that's what we've seen over and over and over. And they're so grateful for the job. They're so, they're so, you know, and of course you're talking about there's a billion plus people with disabilities in the world. So not every single one is made equally, just like society. But we're seeing there's so many wonderful, wonderful case studies. And um, 
and we, we've got so much amazing data. And so I think we've got to talk more about, well, we're going to give you a quota, or we're going to do this, or we'll give you tax benefits. All those things sort of backfire on us because it feels sometimes to employers that you're doing those things because these employees are not going to be you know, performers. And that's not true because we have example after example after example after example. We have so much good data that shows how innovative people with disabilities are in the workforce if you give them a chance, if you promote them. Now, if you're just putting them there as a placeholder and they're not, you know, expected to do anything or, you know, that's not their fault. That's your fault. But so we really... Saying- do have the we have the data to prove this. We're not just saying, oh, we want the world to be better. No, we've got the data to prove it. We've awesome. got the data. That makes sense. And before we go, what's that one word you want to say to the society? Because <laughs> that's the problem for you know, that's the root cause of all the problems. So one word for the society, just just speak your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and I think, you know, recognizing the diversity in humans and, and recognizing that our differences make us stronger. Our differences, our differences make us innovative and creative. And, and we, none of us, none of us can hold all of the answers in our minds. It, it's not even possible. So you put a diverse group together and we learn so much from each other. And so I think just remembering that we're humans and, trying to honor, just to honor each other. It's, you know, instead of tearing each other down, because even when you're tearing another person down, you can't be feeling good about yourself. So, so I, I think well celebrating, celebrating humanity and diversity. Celebrating humanity and diversity. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, what are the um, uh, three tips from you if somebody wants to become a leader of humanity, you know, as we were talking about, like leadership and humanity. So if I want to, you know, I want to, I want to reach that level. I want to be a very kind person. I want to make sure that I've got a diverse team. I want to make sure that I have everything. So what are the three quick tips you want to give to a person like that, who's having thoughts, but who don't know how to kind of, you know, get in action. Right, right. Well, Every single country, every single country has so many wonderful resources and many of the resources. Now, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to disagree with myself. Many of those, some of those resources are free. Now, I think another mistake society makes is thinking because we're doing social good that we should not be paid. That's ridiculous. If you would pay me if I'm a cybersecurity expert, you need to pay me if I'm a disability inclusion expert. And so stop thinking social good shouldn't be paid because that's not true anymore. And so, but there really are some great resources. And so you go out, you can find somebody that's supporting people with disabilities in a second. If you really want to do it, you can get involved with the Valuable 500. You can, and let's make sure that when you post these, you tag the Valuable 500. But there are so many good resources. The International Labor Organization, which is part of the UN, they have the Global Business Disability Network which are corporations that are committed to including people with disabilities. And there's an India chapter, you know, so there's so much good work happening that there's no longer an excuse to say, well, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know what to do. No, there are so many good resources and go, go to the community, find out and make, and, and also 
be, be smart about it. I mean, listen to the way they're talking about the individuals. You know, that can tell you a lot, but there's a lot of people that can help you. There's a lot of companies, there, there's a lot of NGOs, nonprofits, UN. There's no, there's just really no excuse for not doing it because there's so much good data out there that you can find for free. And there's so many good qualified resources that you can pay to help you. Because you need, once again, it's good to pay people for the work they do because that's good for society. So that, that's what I would say. Wow, that was awesome. You know, you won't believe I had a call four minutes ago. It was a recording call. And I was like, no, I had to postpone it because I'm loving oh, this I'm conversation. Sorry. No, I'm I'm so happy to have, <laughs> you know, met you on LinkedIn and have this beautiful conversation. And actually- but you took the courage to do that. <laughs> now, what are you doing? You Do you work for a... Uh, no, Tell me uh, what you're doing. Yeah, so I, st- I, I'm, I, you know, I started this virtual assistant business back in 2018. So I'm helping entrepreneurs and everybody with all the non-core activities, so they can kind okay. of focus on the, you know, main aspect of oh, the yeah. business. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and why do you care? Why why? Do, and I meant to ask you this when you're on air, but why do you care about the community of people with disabilities? Uh, you know, I'll tell you something. I I care about people because. I've had a different story, you know, uh, my parents kind of drifted apart and I was the only breadwinner of my family and things wow. changed brutally like three years, four years ago now. And, um, you know, this lockdown made me realize that if I have a little story here, it's it's like in front of you guys, my story is like stupid. It does not even count. I can't even say to people because no, it's like... No, stop. No, 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 <laughs> don't, 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 do not do that because this is your story and it's unfolding. And our stories have painful moments in them. So don't yeah. discount it. Because yeah. you always look at somebody else and think, oh, their journey is so much harder than mine. But, you know. Yeah, yeah, it could be. But, you know, things were very bad like four years ago and uh, things were, happened and everything happened. And I was the only breadwinner. And that's how my struggle started looking for jobs, then starting my own business, which was again a difficulty. And then, you know, this yeah. year, <laughs> it, it's very difficult to be an entrepreneur or, you know, to, to, to really do something, is. manage people. Especially as a woman that isn't exactly. in an entrepreneurial based society exactly. too. It makes it that much harder for you. Exactly. So what do you, yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So this lockdown made me realize that if I have a story, there are hundreds of people out there who have got a different story. We've got mm-hmm. coming from a very different background, you know, who are doing something in their life. And I, I'm a true believer that if something is not challenging you, you're not going to change because I was this lazy kid who was always on our couch and always wondering about what if my friends left me? What if my boyfriend left me? And today, like, I don't even have my dad around. So that is like a difference, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I wanted to reach out to people who who have done something in their life. Let it be whatever the output is, good, bad, but they have gone right. through that struggle and they've done something. And I want to capture those memories. I want to capture those moments. I want to capture, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I can't see people in front of me. And when you say about disability, um, I'm very emotional, you know, I, I can't see people who are kind of, you know, going through rough times. I, I, I always feel like I want to help them. I yeah. want to help them. Tender. And that's, right. that's, Me that's too. Like a, <laughs> and at times having a kind heart is not good in the society. You know, people are going to, it has not been, it hasn't been, but I think in the news, 
So what services do you offer now? So I offer all the virtual assistant, like, you know, administrative, uh, marketing, customer service. So, you know what, send me, send me some, because so, I bet we could give you some work. Sure. I, and I'll tell you, this a few months ago, we wouldn't have had anything, but we're actually, we're starting to thrive. And I really believe that what's happening now, we're creating a new earth. I really do. Yes. And the people that are doing social good are the ones that are going to benefit. I really do That's believe so that. Yeah. I have to believe that. <laughs> so there's a reason why we came together. I believe that too. So maybe there's a way because I love your interview skills and I, um, and we don't have anybody in India. So we have, I have <laughs> yes. an employee in the Philippines is blind. I have a gentleman that works for me in Syria. Um, but, and I have another gentleman that works for me in Costa Rica. Not everybody has a disability, but a lot of them do, but yes. we're about, we're, we're, we're starting to grow really fast, which is That's a blessing, right. but also right. you're like, Okay. Okay. So we actually could use some help. So send me some sure. marketing information. I'm going to definitely send you everything. Sure, for yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then what we'll do is um, when you, this is live, let me know mm-hmm. and we'll help you turn up the volume. Um, you might want to reach out at some point and interview Dr. Caroline Casey. Um, I would love to. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. So Bye. let me know how to help, but um, yeah, there might be some, yeah, I, I really believe in divine intervention, even though, um, yeah, I, and, and I do. You know, if you know anybody who's got a story, who's got something to say, I would love to interview them. Trust me, I would love to interview them. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Um, I, I do. I do. So send, send me a couple of email, emails. Send me something about what you can do for my company. Sure. And then send me an email telling me about the show again. And who, because that way what I'll do is I will forward it to them. Okay, because I think, and and I won't forward it to just um, people in the U.S. I'll introduce you to people. I'm probably going to right now stay away from China only because of that recent India-China thing. Yes. Um, (laughs) I'll stay away from that, even though I think there's some beautiful, beautiful people there too, but... Yeah, we we have to sometimes be aware of you know what's going on. Yeah, um, yeah. but in the, and I got so many. But I'll I'll introduce you to some really cool people. So thank you, thank you, Deborah. Yeah. That really means I, a lot. I can help. That really means oh, a lot. Yeah. And I, I am sorry that I I screwed up the interview. That no, time, no so. problem. It's okay. It's okay. It gave me some more time to prepare. You know, so that's that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what happened? I'll confess to you. I had it on my calendar, but I thought. I got confused and I thought it was a mistake. And so I deleted it. And then (laughs) that day, and then you're like, oh, what happened? I was like, oh my God, it was a legit. Anyway, so I just confused myself. Yeah. No problem. And you know, that made me realize that I can't waste your time for an introductory call where we get to know each other in first call and then again schedule anything. I'm like, no, it'll take a long way. I'm directly going to record you. (laughs) Yeah. Which I appreciate that. I appreciate it. But I think there's a lot of ways that I can help you. So consider me a mentor and you can be a mentor to me too, because you're right. I can tell you what I've learned, but a lot of what I've learned, it's not going to be viable anymore because the world has changed. Yes. Thank God it has changed. So, all right, cool. All right. Thank you. And thank I you look so forward much, to Deborah. continuing thank the conversation. So Definitely. Right. And thank you for being here. It really means a lot. Yeah, I appreciate you too. 
you got a bright future thank you thank you so much for joining us today guys i really hope you got some value out of this love you all and stay tuned for our next show bye bye